All right, guys, welcome into the Smyrna Churchman Fantasy Football League podcast. I'm your host and commissioner, Hunter Farrell. I'm with you once again at, with Mac Farrell. Mac, how are you doing? I'm doing all right. Um, you know, would have been better if uh, Jerry Judy could have could have dropped a ball or two, but you know that all all well ends well. So we're on to the next one. So yeah, how are you doing? I'm I'm good. You know, I thought my team was dead in the water, but Saquon Barkley um, decided to destroy. You said uh, you talked about yeah, had to sacrifice the Titans win. Yeah, you talked about how Barkley, I was like, worried about Barkley uh, going up against the number one ranked Titans defense from last year. That didn't seem to to be as big of an issue as, as we thought it was going to be. Saquon Barkley looked like a like a stud, so I kind of had a sweat-free Monday night. One of the few people that had a sweat-free Monday night. But, yeah, I mean, week one was great from as far as entertainment perspective. You know, lots of close matchups, uh, a lot of matchups that we usually wouldn't have but um, we're blessed with because of the pod system. So I think it was a good start. Waivers just ran today. That was, uh, me and Mac were talking about earlier, the excitement of having to wait around while you're awake to see waivers run through instead of waking up to it being ran through. It's kind of kind of different, but it was uh, interesting. I had a little bit of an excitement, but um, I, I am driving, as you haven't heard my three blinkers going, so Mac's going to, kind of lead the way so Matt go ahead and uh, take us take us through week one all right well um <clears throat> week one uh we'll start with mine and Jake's matchup we had Jake edging or uh feels like 13 edging out the hold on can I, can I get some wi-fi back here Got some technical issues here. All right. Technical issues with um, the guy that's not in the car. Jake, you know. Yeah, well, there's no Wi-Fi in my room. So, anyways, Jake, you know, was able to hold off a, a pretty fantastic performance from Justin Jefferson. Um, highest scoring player on the week, I believe. Yeah, 39 and a half points. But, uh, Jake... Put together a solid team. Tom Brady kind of let me down, um, as I'm sure many people in that Buccaneers and uh, Cowboys game felt let down by their players starting against me. So, uh, you know, Jake got a little bit of, you know, a little bit of hometown love for the first week. Um, moving on to the second matchup, we have yourself against Neil. Um, you had a nice, comfortable 10-point victory thanks to uh, the uh, lack of work for Christian McCaffrey that we saw in Week 1. Um, also, Travis Etienne having a slow day, Keenan Allen getting hurt. He was looking like he was going to have a great game. And uh, you just had pretty solid performances across the board to help you, you know, push on and take the, take the win when – we both uh, pegged you for the loss, so that was a nice win to get. On to our third and sadly least competitive matchup between the Edible Burritos and Clear Eyes Full Hearts. Um, what looked like a valiant fight and 
in the end was a valiant fight from Richard. Um, just could not stand against um, the behemoth of the Clear Eyes Full Hearts this week. Um, even with Mike Davis putting up one point, Alex was able to put up 194 points um, from the likes of DeAndre Swift, Cooper Cup, Michael Pittman, Travis Kelsey, TJ Watt, and Mika Fitzpatrick putting up a nice 24 points for his defensive back position. Oh, yeah. Um, and then, of course, you know, Richard Cam Akers. It's a rough, rough week for him. Uh, some decisions to be made there, but he had some really great performances from A.J. Brown, Josh Allen, Lamar, Waddle. So he's, you know, got to be feeling good about his team. Just ran into the, the hot team of the week, sadly. Um, moving on to our fourth matchup. In the tightest matchup of the week, we've got the uh, rematch from last year's championship. I like PB&Js and the True Dogs. And I'm pretty sure this is just about what they scored last year in the championship. It was a low scoring um, I know Mike only lost by a point. Here he lost. Yeah, and Mike only lost by a point last year. And he's lost by .4 points. Um in week one, sadly. Um, neither team really um, outstanding. Both had some great performances. Uh, Tyler with Devontae Adams. Um, Gibson had a solid week, putting up 20 points. And then uh, Mike had Jamar Chase putting up 29.9 himself. Gabe Davis had a solid day, 18.8. Um, ultimately, both their quarterbacks kind of let them down. And, uh, yeah, you know, Tyler just managed to sneak out by the skin of his teeth with a victory by 0.4 points there. So he's starting the year off 1-0, looking like he wants to get back to the playoffs. And in our final matchup, we've got Wasted Players against Mad Mike, who uh, – you know, has to be pretty mad about Patrick Mahomes being the highest scoring quarterback on the week and uh, not able to get a victory, especially playing against Ethan, who had Dak, who got injured, had a very subpar performance. Um, but, you know, Ethan had some solid, solid performances pretty much across the board, mixed him with a 21 and a half point performance. Had a big day for Miles Garrett, putting up 14 points against Baker. Got a little bit of revenge there. Surprised didn't get the helmet out. Um, but, yeah, you know, Michael had some rough performances. Elijah Mitchell going down. C.D. Lamb without Dak. Derrick Henry in the Titans offense. You know, uh, uneasy times for Michael Harper here. We'll have to see. He did uh, have Carson Wentz on the bench, though. That's his saving grace. He's got a QB4 of the year so far on his bench. So he's got that to look forward to the next week. Any of those matchups really interest you? Well, the Tyler and Mike one just kind of seemed like deja vu. <laughs> so obviously um, that one was, was crazy uh, as far as them having back-to-back so, such close matchups. Um, Alex was obviously really impressive 
and to put up that many points and have a dud with Mike Davis is, uh, like you said, it's a good it's a good start. And but Richard, it's kind of hard to not feel bad after week one and losing. But when you put up the second most points in the in the league and, and you lose, it you know you gotta still feel good about the future. But um, you know not not as many. Not many times you're gonna feel good losing, but I feel like that's one of the times that you you could feel halfway decent about it. Um, but yeah, yeah. Like I said our close matchups, um, ones that weren't close, uh, were just really blowouts from Alex, and then I just had a nice little ten point ten point cushion. But that probably doesn't happen if Keenan Allen doesn't get hurt. So we're we're counting count our blessings there and moving on to week two. Yeah. Besides uh, the 50-point blowout from Alex, the rest of the matchups were within 10 points apiece. So um, some very tight contests this year, kind of showing what we talked about um, before week one after the draft, talking about the parity we felt like there was between teams this year. Um, you know, think everybody's going to be fighting tooth and nail to, to stay out of the Waffle House this year. So, uh, yeah, certainly showing that week one. Um, moving into waiver acquisitions here, um, I'm going to kind of graze through some of the more um, expensive uh, waiver additions here. Um, starting off with our most expensive acquisition, Ethan, the Wasted Players, um, added Jared Goff for $27, dropping Jacoby Myers. You know that has to hurt as a Patriots fan to drop one of your own guys, but, you know, he's seen the light, knows that, uh, you know, that Patriots receiving core is not going to produce many points this year, so... Um, what do you think about this transaction? It was definitely expensive, a lot more than I would have thought, but um, he probably just wanted to make sure that he felt like he had a, a competent QB2 with that going out. And, um, yeah, I said, they say, you know, Jerry Jones say Dak could be back in a month. Uh, most people are saying he's going to be out at least six weeks, and we saw this same injury uh, make Russell Wilson not quite the same player last year. So um, I understand it. Like, you get him having to spend up that much. I'm not sure. Say that again? Yeah. I'm not sure that uh, Russell's even the same player this year. We're yet to see it. Yeah. I said, yeah. So it could be. I mean, Dak's a good bit younger, but he didn't even look good before he got hurt. So, um a lot of a lot of worries, but I feel like that's one that you had. Like you, you obviously don't want to just you know light money on fire, but you also don't want to be uh, you know outspent on a guy that you feel like you really need to have based on the positions that you know you don't have a very lot or very many guys in those spots that you can fill. Yeah, and uh, real quick. I- I want to apologize. I think there's a slight delay between me and Hunter. There is. There so, definitely uh, is. If you guys hear us kind of a pause. Yeah, I was going to say, if y'all hear a pause in between us, just bear with us. Um, 
hopefully uh, we might be able to figure something out going forward. But anyways, um, moving into the second biggest um, waiver acquisition was myself adding Jeff Wilson Jr. and dropping James Cook. <laughs> um, you know, I was a little bit surprised when I put my $20 waiver bid in. I just kind of figured it was a shot in the dark. I honestly thought Mike or Michael was bid somewhere around $25 uh, to get Jeff Wilson to replace Elijah Mitchell. But um, apparently Mad Mike is mad indeed, and he uh, decided he was not going to add a running back on Wednesday. Um, so I guess we will kind of see what – his uh, running back room looks like moving forward without Elijah Mitchell. Um, then we've got a couple of $17 acquisitions. The first one from Richard, the Edible Burritos, added Rex Burkhead for $17 and dropped Dalton Schultz. Hunter, what do you think about this one? So Rex Bur- Burkhead was a guy that I looked at for a little bit. Um, you can tell Lovey Smith really trusts him, both as a pass catcher and, you know, a guy that is just a solid running back, not going to, like, you know, fascinate you in the stat sheet or fascinate you with, um, you know, some of the things he's going to do on the field, but he's just old reliable. So, um, Richard, I get kind of – He's a gamer. He is a gamer. But I think you could – I mean, that makes sense. You're not going to see a whole lot of running backs that are going to get as much work as Rex Burkhead got in week one. So um, 17, I feel like, isn't a, is a, a terrible price. I didn't get a good look and see what the next highest bid was, but that'll be in the that'll be in the uh, newsletter that comes out. So you know, Richard can know how much he overspent, but I, I get spending up for Rex Burkhead though. Yeah, and uh, I did a little bit of reporter work today. Um, talked to Ethan about his Jared Goff acquisition. Um, you know, he said, like you said, you know, that's a position he needs to replace with Dak going down. And uh, he feels good about Goff and this new offense and how bad their defense looked. He feels like, you know, they're going to – going to be passing the ball a lot which makes sense and uh richard has damian pierce and so he said he really just wanted to um lock down that backfield and uh be able to play burkhead until damian pierce starts getting phased in like we all kind of believe he will be so uh that's a little bit of my behind the scenes reporter information there um moving on to the other 17 dollar waiver acquisition man you know I, I just do what I can um, but we've got Mike adding Curtis Samuel for $17 dropping Tyler Algier um, you know Curtis Samuel heavily targeted heavily involved in uh, first week with Carson Wentz um, Curtis Samuel signed a big deal last year with the uh, Washington Commanders and just was not able to stay healthy last year 
looks a little bit healthier this year, so I think this could be um, it's kind of a high risk, high reward acquisition for Mike. But I think definitely, you know, if Curtis Samuel keeps that role, I think it could be a good value there. Um, but yeah, I'd be interested to see um, exactly what the second highest bid was for Curtis Samuel. Yeah, I said if I can remember, it may have been a good bit cheaper. It might have been five dollars, but I could be wrong. Once again, that's what the newsletter's for. But uh, yeah, I said Curtis Samuel was one I was interested in. I know he had a really good week one. Um, he burned a lot of people last year, so I thought maybe some people would be hesitant. May just think it's a week one kind of deal. Maybe they're not buying into the Carson Wentz you know, resurgence, but. You know, you're dropping a rookie running back who may not get involved till later in the year, um, depending on what happened with Damian Williams. But uh, yeah, I said it's not not a, a terrible signing. A lot more than I think I would spend on a guy like Curtis Samuel, just because I don't look like he's a guy that has to kind of get scripted into plays. Like he's not just going to get open. I think they got to call plays for him, but. Uh, I still think, you know, it's got some potential. It's not like Mike's dropping a, a world beater to, to get him. Yeah, and uh, we'll move right along. I'm going to talk briefly about these last two acquisitions here. Um, you yourself added Julio Jones for $10, dropping George Pickens, um, which, you know, Julio carved out a pretty good role apparently the fastest player on the bucks this year which if you told a titans fan that we wouldn't be able to believe it but these stats do not lie i think he clocked the fifth highest game speed um for week one so looks like julio jones has got a little bit of juice left in the tank and uh i think ten dollars i've placed a ten dollar waiver bid for him as well but uh I guess I got Jeff Wilson first, so I wasn't able to get Julio, but um, I think he's a good value there for $10. Um, Chris Godwin looks like he's going to be out a little bit longer after re-injuring um, himself, so that looks to be a good value. Um, and then real quick, uh, Alex added Robbie Anderson for $6 and dropped J.D. McKissick Um I guess hoping that Robbie Anderson has a larger role in the Panthers offense than we think, and he's putting a lot of faith in the Baker with that one. Um, but yeah, $6, not a big investment, worth a shot. Um, any any thoughts on these last two before we move into week two? No, I, I really like Julio. He uh, it looked really good, looked like kind of the old version of himself, though you know. Um, if you followed Julio or had Julio in fantasy, he's always on the verge of getting injured. Um, but losing Chris Godwin, who I, was, I wasn't kind of banking on having a big week one, hence why I kept him on the bench, but was optimistic. You know, he could kind of work his way back into it and then getting hurt. I feel like I needed a receiver that I could kind of plug and play if I didn't like Elijah Moore or, you know, if T. Higgins is out with a concussion. So, I was willing to spend up a little bit more than you usually do for wide receivers, and uh, getting Julio for ten dollars to me was uh, a great value. And then Robbie Anderson, um, 
you never know. You know, new quarterback. Uh, we saw Robbie Anderson was a big favorite of uh, Teddy Bridgewater's, and then like we, you go to Sam Darnold, and it was kind of, uh, you know, Sam Darnold wasn't getting Robbie Anderson involved. So maybe Baker really likes Robbie. Maybe that's something that we continue to see in the next weeks. So doesn't hurt to to spend a little money to take a chance and see if a new quarterback likes a receiver that had a really bad year last year. All right. Well, moving on to the week two matchups. Um, we'll start with myself and Mike Perventure here. The battle of the sloths versus the dogs. Both 0-1. Um, both very tight losses week one. Um, I'm currently projected 134.9. Mike is projected 135.8. Um, both RB1s questionable. Alvin Kamara for me and Najee Harris for Mike. Um, so those will be pretty big questions going into the week, seeing um, if the, those guys are able to play or not. Um, but across the board, I would say um, I'd probably give the edge to Mike this week. Uh, I like his matchups across the board, really. Gabe Davis against Tennessee. Um, you got to be pretty happy about that if you're a, a Buffalo Bills owner this week. Um, but yeah, you know, I think my team could surprise, but uh, I'm going to go for a 0-2 start, build a little drama this, uh, week one. Um, what about you, Hunter? Any, any thoughts or so, yeah, I'm, I'm ideas giving, here? I think you're being a little too humble. I really like your team this week. If, uh, <clears throat> Kamara plays, uh, we got Najee Harris, who I think even if he does play, um, the Steelers' offense looked pretty terrible. And I don't think they're going to be any better against a pretty good Patriots defense next week. <clears throat> uh, Stafford obviously didn't look good, was under pressure a whole lot. Derek Carr threw out of bad picks, uh, but I still think he could be solid. But um, that Jefferson Kirk Cousins stack could be really dangerous. And going up against the Eagles defense, who let Jared Goff kind of torch him a little bit. And then you know, if Mike Williams and uh, Marquise Brown bring any kind of consistency there, I feel like I, I'd give your team the edge this week. Well, I greatly appreciate that, sir. You're pretty smart, I must <laughs> say. Um, moving forward, we've got uh, Clear Eyes, Full Hearts going up against yours truly, Hunter Farrell, Soul Stealers. Um, this one's projected to be tight as well. Alex projected uh, 129.9. Yourself projected 132.1. So uh, another tight matchup here. Um, a lot of good matchups on, on both sides, I would say. Um, I, I mean, all these are so close that it's really tough trying to take a side here um i'm gonna give 
yourself the edge. I feel better about your running backs this week. You've got Aaron Jones against Chicago, Saquon, RB1, you know, back doing Saquon things, running all over everybody. Um, you got both of those guys going against uh, Swift and Dobbins. Dobbins, I don't really love against this Dolphins defense. Um, we'll have to wait and see if T. Higgins plays for yourself. Um, so there might be a question there as to um, whether or not he plays, but I think um, I think the running backs will be the difference in this matchup. Herbert's also going to be in a shootout against Kansas City, so I like uh, I like your team to take the edge here. So yeah, I think a lot of uh, this is to be determined. Um, we don't know how Dobbins is going to look, whether he plays, how much play he gets. So that could be a big concern and could be a real downfall for Alex. Um, as far as the rest of the team, I mean, he's got Kelsey, and I think Kelsey, uh, how he does on Thursday night, I think this is a matchup where, based on how Herbert and Kelsey do, we can really tell what the matchup's going to look like. With I think those two could be really big scores. So I give the edge, edge to Alex just because I like his wide receiver core a whole lot. I mean, Pittman and Cup is a really good combo. And then if Trey Lance doesn't, I mean, obviously he was playing in a monsoon last week, but if he can't play better than he did on a, on a Sunday this week against the uh, Seattle Seahawks, then um, I'm not, I got a pretty terrible value where I got him and it's going to, my super flex is really going to be hurt. So um, I think it kind of comes down to Travis Kelsey and Trey Lance, but I'll give the edge to, uh, to Alex for that receiver core. All right, moving on into our third matchup. We've got the Wasted Players against Feels Like 13. Um, both teams started off 1 0. Uh, wasted Players projected 129.3. Feels Like 13 projected at 137.3. So, ESPN favoring Jake for this matchup a little higher, um, which is understandable. He's got uh, Kyler Murray going up against the Raiders defense that was picked apart by Justin Herbert last week. Um, and then Jalen Hurts in a difficult matchup against Minnesota, potentially. Um, but Jalen Hurts can use his legs and open up the game that way. Um, Jonathan Taylor against Jacksonville is a great matchup, um, but I'm actually going to go for the upset here. Um, two weeks in a row, I'm picking, I'm picking wasted players to, to, to shock the world here. Um, I really like Dalvin Cook against the Eagles. I think he's going to get a little more involved than he was last week. I think it's going to be a tighter game, and they're going to kind of need to, to get all at all facets of the offense moving. Um, I like Derek Goff against the commander's defense. So I think he's going to have a solid day. Matt Ryan as well. Like Javante against Houston. You know, Javon, or Jonathan Taylor just tore him apart last week. Um, and I think the, the Broncos offense, Cortland Sutton as well for Ethan. I think they're going to be trying to bounce back. Jake does have Jerry Judy, but 
you know, I think Sutton and Judy are going to be kind of swapping weeks here and there. Um, but ultimately, I, I feel like Miles Garrett against uh, Ico again is uh, could be the, the potential game breaker here. I could see Miles putting up another 15 point performance with a couple of sacks and get really involved in that game. So I'm going to take the underdog here with Ethan. Well, I'm going to be really lame, and I'm going to go with uh, the chalk. I'm going to go with, um, with Jake. And I think it just kind of comes down to quarterback play. Uh, that's kind of my, uh, the thing that I, made me not choose Ethan last week was, you know, I just don't know, like, having Matt, like guys like Matt Ryan and Jared Goff, um, they're going to have to really outperform expectations to to give you a good chance to win when you're going up against Kyler Murray and Jalen Hurts, two guys that week in, week out have the potential to give you QB1 performances. So um, I, I'm going to go with Jake. I do love Ethan's running backs this week. And then uh, Juju looks pretty good, minus some minus some uh, drops and a fumble, I think. And Javante looked like he was very involved, even though the Broncos didn't have a whole lot of success on the offensive end. But, yeah, I'm going to go with Jake here. I said I liked his team a lot in, before the draft. Um, now, when you have the number one running back and you've got two really good quarterbacks, it's gonna, you're going to be hard to beat if your receivers are anywhere close to consistent. All right. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna speed things along a little bit here. Uh, I've got a, a haircut I've got to get to for the wedding this weekend, but we're gonna still try to touch on these important important matchups. Um, we've got Humbling Pooh Bears and Mad Mike both at 0 and 1. Um, projection looking really tight. Um, I am going to lean with Michael Harbor. Uh, you know, as much as I played the against Michael, um, I think he's got some some pretty important pieces this week. Carson Wentz, I actually bought this week. Like I said, in the shootout against the Chargers, I like Tyreek Hill. I think he gets in the end zone this week. And uh, Neil's kind of still... He started in Drake London, which is iffy. Justin Fields, and see what he can do in an actual environment that's not a total monsoon. Um, so, you know, this I think it's going to be a tight one like the rest of these contests. Um, but I, I'm going to give the edge to Michael here. What about you? See, I'm going to give the edge to Michael as well. Um, you know, I love Mahomes against the Chargers. Like Carson Wentz against Detroit, even if I, I'm just excluding last week, you know, Carson Wentz can he's a he's a guy that can bring some big plays, and then yeah, just looking at what Neil's got, he's got ETN who probably didn't look as involved as Neil was hoping he would last week. Um, McCaffrey also not looking as involved as you would like. Uh, Russell Wilson. Going up against a pretty bad Houston defense, so he should bounce back a little bit. But you got Fields going up against a pretty tough Green Bay defense, or at least they're supposed to be. So I'm gonna give the edge to Michael. Um, I do think this will be a really close matchup, as the projections say. But 
kind of give the edge to Michael just because I think his quarterbacks have a little bit better matchups. All right, and moving into our last matchup for week two, we've got the Edible Burritos facing the other food-related team. I like PB&Js. Um, another tightly projected total here, um, both on the higher end of the projections for teams this week. Um, I, I like both teams. Uh, I am going to give the edge to Richard. I think Josh Allen against the Titans is a, is a good spot. I like, um, I like A.J. Brown in that matchup against Minnesota. Like Jalen Waddle against the Ravens, Lamar Jackson going back against the Dolphins. I think that could be a very high point uh, scoring game. Um, you know, Tyler's got some good players. Devontae Adams, I think, could have a great week. Um, then you've got Tua back against Baltimore, could force him to throw the ball a lot. Um, and then, of course, you got Rodgers against the Bears. He'll probably bounce back after a bad week one. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I'm just – my gut's telling me to go with Richard on this one. What are you thinking? Uh, we've been on the opposite of things a lot t- today. Uh, I'm going with with Tyler. Um, I love Eckler and Rodgers both to back bounce or bounce back this week. Um, you got Chubb going up against the Jets. I see them running the ball a lot and being up big in that game. Uh, Gibson looked very involved. I think he's going to be more of a uh, get more of a passing down role. We don't know when Brian Robinson would come back and uh, what kind of what kind of impact that's going to have on Gibson. But uh, so far through week one, he looked like he's very involved. And then uh, just you know, I don't think Tua is going to hurt as bad as you think he could. But I mean, they're going looking at quarterbacks. Um, Richard's definitely got two great ones, but I'm still going to give the edge to Tyler. Uh, call it a, you know, giving the edge to the champ. But with Adams uh, having the matchup that he has and the way that Derek Carr was force feeding him, I feel like that helps out his wide receiver room a lot too. So I'm going to give the edge to edge to Tyler here. Yeah, we certainly. Um, see different games. I think it just goes to show a lot of these matchups are how they really could go different ways depending on how you see game scripts going. Um, but I mean, that does it for our week two matchups. Um, do you have any any final thoughts? So yeah, yeah. Well, one, I appreciate you. Mac, uh, kind of taking uh, the leader reins. Uh, kind of hard to look at all the waivers, um, scoreboard, previews, all that stuff while you're driving. So um, I think you did a great job. So I appreciate you, uh, you know, letting us, uh, get, you know, help making sure the pod got done by taking on kind of the uh, the league, the, the, the pod host duties. And uh, yeah, just, you know, week one, I feel like is always filled with a little bit of overreaction. Um, but I feel like the waivers can be really important as well. So 
like all the stuff that we covered is important, but you know, week two, week three, week four, that's where you really start figuring out a little bit more about teams. So exciting to see kind of us get to know more about our players and kind of figure out who's going to be uh, fighting to make the playoffs and who's going to be fighting to stay at a Waffle House. Yeah, like you said, you know, as the weeks go on, we'll start to see what these players are made of. And I know I drafted nothing but dogs. So, uh, you know, all my players got dogs, you know, so I'm not worried about my team. That's why I'm willing to concede a, a, a loss to Mike this week. But, um, yeah, with with all that being said, uh, you know, I'll turn it over to you to, uh, to send us off and send us out to the week two. All right, well, best of luck to everybody in week two. Um, hope you made it this far into the pod. We This is kind of short for us, um, but um, thanks to Mac again. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Best of luck to week two, and we'll see you next week.